Here we are, folks. We're back. It's the Iron Dread Podcast, episode 36. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Welcome to this week's show. This week, we have Miss Autumn Swavely, strength coach, athlete, and pain management specialist. Working with people down in Florida, we talk with her all about what she's up to and her training, body tempering, and we even get into a great discussion as native New Yorkers about chicken wings. Yesterday, Wednesday, July the 30, uh, July 29th, sorry, was National Chicken Wing Day. I celebrated along with my new wife and some friends by indulging on some chicken wings and of course dipping them in blue cheese. With that being said, a lot's changed for me over the last few weeks since you last heard from me on episode 35. And we got married. I uh, had my wedding here in Michigan, in my backyard, a small wedding due to the virus. Uh, you know, obviously we couldn't have all of our out-of-town guests in, uh, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I uh, got that going, enjoyed some time with my family and friends that were able to come out here and then enjoyed some time uh, up north with my wife before returning back here to work on our outdoor training, which is going pretty well, uh, as good as it can be. And we're getting down to crunch time here as far as getting back uh, into school and getting back to work, um, hopefully in our weight room. So before we get into this week's show, I would like to encourage you to subscribe to our show. If you subscribe to it on your major podcast platforms, it will be downloaded automatically each week in whatever podcast platform you use. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, it is all over. Any major podcast platform carries your Iron Dread podcast. Also, looking for some more guests to uh, fill in some uh, shows for the coming weeks so if you got a good message you'd like to come on our show and talk about if you've listened to the show before you know that the possibilities are endless when it comes to the iron dread podcast we talk about anything that can be remotely positive uh, or fun for our listeners so if you got a good idea for a show and you'd like to be on you have a business you would like to come on and share with our listening audience about please uh, hit me up on social media at coach underscore Whitaker at coach underscore Whitaker 66 or of course at iron dread underscore SC so uh, I won't keep you too much longer here in our open we're gonna get to autumn but first of course we gotta hit that intro music Here we are, live, recording from the Sanctorium of Strength. I am sitting here looking across the screen at Miss Autumn Swavely. A native New Yorker, much like myself, uh, now relocated, I believe, to Florida, right? Yes. Yep. Central Florida. All right. Well, Autumn, welcome to the show. Autumn is a strength coach. She has her CSCS. Um, she works with clients of all different types down there in Florida, and we're going to kind of get to uh, get to some of the things about her and uh, what she's doing. So the first thing, Autumn, um, for any of our listeners that may not know you, uh, kind of what's your story? How did you wind up where you are right now in central Florida, which is probably way hotter than Michigan, where I am? It, it definitely is. Um, so I was raised in New York um, my whole life, all the way up until the age of 24, well, technically 23, when I came down here um, in August. So I went to college up in Rochester, New York, at um, SUNY Brockport. 
I had an awesome strength coach there at Jaskolski. Um, I got to meet some phenomenal people. My dad is a strength and conditioning coach. So I was doing Nordic curls for punishment in my living room growing up. So my dad always says that all five of us have never had a knee injury. Um, and he equates that to us having hamstrings of steel. So we'll give him that one. We'll, we'll, we'll tack that up for dad. Um, so I've been around strength my entire life. When I decided I kind of wanted to get out of the collegiate setting, um, I worked a couple of strength jobs in a non-for-profit. I worked a couple of strength jobs in the private setting, um, in the collegiate setting. And I kind of started doing kind of my own thing and realized that kind of um, going into my own path, creating my own lane was where I want to be. And central New York just didn't feel like the place for me. Uh, so I came down to central Florida. Hmm. So there's a lot, there's a lot of connections that we have here to talk about. And the first (laughs) name you brought up was the big man, the big man, Ed Jaskolski that I've been trying to get on this podcast, um, for many, many years since I started it. Um, but I can't, I can't get him, can't get him on here. Um, I don't know if it's still that, you know, I didn't throw for him. Uh, when I was at Brockport. Could be. It really could be. (laughs) Could be. And and that's one of those things that you look back in life and, you know, I probably should have did that just because of the knowledge that could have soaked out of that cat um, just from being on his team and, you know, all those All-American throwers that he put put out there. But shout out to Ed. Uh, Maybe you can work on him. Maybe you being on might might get him on. Uh, Because that's kind of how I found you was through him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think you were, you were, you were doing some sort of, um, strength seminar or, or something out there in Western New York and he had shared it. And I think that's how I started following you. I did. Um, so I, I, we invited Nate Harvey down, um, to do a seminar for conjugate you in where I'm from, which is from Rome, New York. And then Ed came down with Nate when Nate put it on. So that's probably where you saw that. That was an awesome seminar. That was really cool. Nate Harvey, Conjugate you, friend of the show. He's a, he's a, can't, can't get that cat on here. I mean, once you're on the Elite FTS Table Talk, the Iron Drip podcast <laughs> is definitely a step <laughs> down the elite, ladder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it is cool. Uh, and, and again, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because of our Brockport connection. Obviously, we... We were there at different times. I graduated mm-hmm. from there in 2010, and then you were a few years later than me. What uh, year 2017. All right, so you're more, you're much more recent. So a lot of mm-hmm. probably besides Ed and uh, Jason Mangoni, uh, mm-hmm. probably the whole staff around there has changed since since I was there. I don't know, not too much. There, they, uh, there's a lot of people who are still kinesis exercise science who had been there for decades. Is, is Dr. Danny too still there? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it through that one. <laughs> I almost did it. So. <laughs> Biomechanics and kinesiology, both with that man. Um, oh, my buddy got no. Williams, but I got, yep. I got Dr. Yeah, two. I had, I had Williams for uh, kines, but biomechanics, that one almost killed me. I tell I tell stories about Danny too all the time, and um, remember his uh, absence policy, where if you were out, um, maybe he changed it when you were there. But when we were there, if you were out and you said you had a death in the family for the reason why you missed class, you had to bring him the obituary. Oh yes, yes, I remember this. <laughs> you had to bring him the obituary, and you had to be a blood relative. Yep. If you were not blood related, you were, you were no good, but uh, Brockport had a lot of fun out there. And, uh, and that, that's one cool thing that we have is that connection between both places. Um, so your, your dad was a strength coach at, at yep. Rome high school there. And, and yep, he's still a strength coach there. Um, and now he's assistant football coaching at um, a high school school next to us so new hartford um and he does all of the strength and conditioning for their football team as well um so he's the uh track and field coach for throws coach for rome um and he does all the strength and conditioning for rome so i was a spoiled brat growing up i had two awesome facilities 
decked out in elite FTS stuff. I had prowlers, reverse hypers, two GHRs. Like I had stuff people don't get in college. Um, mm. So when I moved to Florida, it was the first time I had to pay for a gym membership. So that was a weird experience for me. <laughs> yeah, um, that that is one thing that I've I've started to do with building this sanctorium of strength here. Uh, grab some stuff, and you start to realize how expensive one of those forty-five pound plates is. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I realized how expensive steel is when I bought my body tempering rollers and they were almost a thousand dollars. Then I was like, ooh, this is this is a lot. Yeah, it's, it's stuff is not cheap for sure. Uh, maybe when we're done recording, I'll give you a, a little tour of of my space here. Um, so that's a that's a rare thing from where you know where I come from, Kingston, New York, um, the first capital of New York. Well, usually when, when we started to go to Western New York, Central New York, and we told everybody that Kingston, New York was the first capital, everybody wanted to argue with us and say it was New York City. What say <laughs> you? Uh, I say it doesn't matter because Albany still sucks now, so we should go back to one of them. <laughs> Amen. Uh, my, one, of the, one of the many reasons why I no longer live in New York either. All right, so you grew up your dad was a strength coach and we will try not to talk about him too much, but I think I may have ran into him because I coached throws for six years at Kingston high school. And I think I may have ran into oh, him. At you the probably did. <laughs> Big guy, beard. Yep. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty team. sure. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I, I may have ran into him at a state meet. Um, we were lucky enough to have a girl win the state championship in the shot put in Kingston. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I ran into him there. So well, enough talking about dad. So you, you got that influence from him, from dad. Then you went to Ed, who mm-hmm. is, you know, like the, you know, next to Nate Harvey, the, the conjugate guy that I, I look to as far as doing it with athletes. Right. Um, so what made you want to, to do that yourself and, and get your CSES and go through all that? Just um, what, what made you want to get into the profession? Um, well, Unfortunately, and this will probably take a, a little bit of a different turn. Um, I grew up with that whole old school feel. You know, my dad and Ed and Nate, I think, all kind of encompass the same kind of coaching aspect and that same culture and, and community with that. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to grow up and have a very small gym, you know, work in that setting, make people strong as hell. Um, but I think going up and through college, I still wanted to be that, but then kind of social media came out and everything about being a strength coach and being in the fitness industry has completely changed. Um, so it kind of made it a little difficult to keep that sense of what I grew up with. You know, I don't necessarily see that anymore. Um, so it's been kind of a transition of trying to find that myself and create that whole lane. Um, cause I don't know, if that's necessarily something that's still there, if that makes sense. Are, are people willing to support a business with that? It's a very niche group, right? Yeah, no, it, it totally is. It totally is. Um, and that I mean, was my it, influence. And that's why I, I absolutely love strength training. I think it does more for people than just make them physically strong for sure. Oh, well, Hey, I, I agree with you. We could, we could talk about uh, the, not only the, the physical strength, the self-confidence, the injury prevention. You said it yourself, right? You, you and your mm-hmm. family members, nobody has a, a knee yep. injury because you had strong mm-hmm. hamstrings. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have known that before I got a couple screws in this knee. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on that Brockport field before it was that nice, when it was back on the grass days. Yeah, I was, my freshman year was the year we put the turf in. Right. Now, did field hockey, you, know, you were a field hockey player, correct? Yep. Yep. Did field hockey get a nice turf field or, or does field hockey play on Bob Boozer field? Now we moved the turf from, from that grass field over to turf when it was ready. So right, I so think you, we were the first practice on the brand new turf. So I had right. that. So you guys <laughs> got to play you instead. Cause when we were there, field hockey played all their games on, on that grass field next to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was just football and lacrosse that played on the grass. So you're saying that they moved you guys over. You got to play your games 
in was it Urish Kennedy Shriver Stadium and Bob Boozer Field? Yeah, it has like six names now because they keep like naming like the turf and then the field and then the track and then whoever gives money, they just keep expanding whatever the name is. <laughs> They're just slapping names up there. Um, they got but no, we, we moved over. We did practice and everything was, was on the turf. Um, my whole first preseason and first month of my freshman year was on the grass. And then from then on, I was never on the grass again. And as a field hockey player, turf is much more beneficial from oh, what I'm told. So much, so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It ma- it makes the game completely. It's so much faster. Grass yeah. is horrible. Yeah. I, I would love to sometime get you on another zoom call and have you talk with some of our field hockey kids. Cause they, they yeah, won a state awesome. championship. They've won a state championship here in Michigan. Um, but for some reason, they don't like to show up to the weight room too often. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so you're somebody that can speak both languages. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the field hockey and, and strength training. All right, so you had that influence. You, you want to be there. You want to build that culture that you grew up in, right? That training hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that all of us, you know, really want to build. But you came out, you know, you said social media. I think one thing that happens is people don't want to work that hard. People don't want to put in that time and uh, reap the benefits of it. So you're working, you're training. Um, before we get into kind of your, your business side of things with training. So growing up with those influences, I assume you're a conjugate person. Would that, would that be I am heavily a conjugate person. Um, so I obviously grew up conjugate. Went to Brockport, was conjugate all four years. Um, when I got out of college, I decided I was going to take like almost a year break. Of, I had been training pretty much my entire life. I grew up in a weight room. I was in a weight room when I was at Brockport. So I tried like a couple different facets of fitness, basically everything but CrossFit, um, and worked my way around and then came back and realized that conjugate not only was the only thing that really made sense to me from a training standpoint, but it was comfortable for me. I think that you coach what you know, and I had more years in conjugate than probably most people. Um, and the variation of it keeps things fresh. I'm someone who, you know, I'm a powerlifter now and powerlifting can really become very mundane. You're doing the same three lifts, you're specializing in them, you know, and then you compete. But with conjugate, it kind of makes me feel like I'm going, I'm going into the weight room with something new every week, even though it's not necessarily really that new. <laughs> No, but it's just that different stimulus, right? Like yeah. when you can, yeah. when you can grab a, a different bar, you know, and I look around, you know, my, the sanctorium here right now. And I see the elite FTS yoke bar, the Cambridge bar, the Buffalo bar. Shh, I got it from Titan because elite FTS doesn't sell them. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, the straight bar, the bands, the chains, it, it's, I have hundred percent agree with you. It, it makes things interesting. Mm-hmm. And when we're trying to catch this audience that you're talking about, Making things different and making things interesting, I think that's one way to do it. Yeah. Or, I mean, the biggest thing is you see so much athlete burnout, you know, and part of that is mental. You know, you can obviously physically burn out. You can overtrain all of that fun stuff. Well, not so fun stuff. But from the mental aspect of it, sometimes going in, you know, you're so overtired and so sick of doing the same stuff that you're training, even though you're physically there, you're not here. And you know, if those two things don't connect, there's no way you're going to get everything out of your training that you need to. No, you're just, you're not there, but all of a sudden when you're presented with some new challenge, some new thing, Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I could try to break a new record in this setup here. Yeah. Yeah you know, motivates people. I a hundred percent agree with you. And you're trying to build, build your customer base and getting people to come in and train with you as personal training clients. You know, from my standpoint, I'm trying to get kids that never had any sort of uh, weight room stuff, uh, trying to get them interested in training. You know, high school kids got a lot of different things to do. And that's kind of how this podcast started. And a, a lot of my listeners are my athletes so I really hope that you know some, what you're saying and really resonates with some of my some of my kids uh, because it's true, right? You you lived it at the collegiate level as a collegiate athlete, training conjugate, being an athlete, using the things that make it more interesting for us, and 
at the same time, still accomplishing our training goals. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so well, you said you're a power lifter. Mm -hmm. So now, right now you're training and ha have you been competing? Have you competed in a while? Got any meets coming up or anything like that? I do have a meet coming up. So that's really exciting. Um, I took a little bit of time off when I moved to Florida. Um, financially, it was just a big move and I was working full time. Um, and this is what I tell a lot of my clients too is, you know, I'm not an elite level power lifter. So at the end of the day, life is going to be life, you know, and you got to take care of life first or your mental health is going to go down the drain as well. So take care of what you got to take care of. And then now I'm back to training. I've been back training, um, powerlifting on programming for since May. Um, so I came back down to Florida and we opened back up a little bit earlier than everybody else. So my gyms have been open since May and I'm going to be competing in December. Um, which I'm going to kind of be training through that meet, um, not necessarily peaking for that, but hopefully it'll qualify me for nationals in June of next year. And what uh, federation are you competing in? I'm USPA. USPA. Okay. Now USPA, because uh, up here we're a lot, we have USPA here in Michigan, but all of my experience has been USAPL. Uh -huh. um, USPA. It, that's straight raw lifting, walkout, whole deal, or is that knee wraps, monolift, whole deal? Um, no monolift, um, but you can do classic raw. So I'm a classic raw competitor, um, but more than likely what I'm going to be doing is like two of my squats will be raw, um, and then my last one will be classic raw. That way I can try to um, go in for both and qualify for both. And the difference between, because that's a term I haven't heard yet, so forgive me uh, for asking. Classic raw, meaning belt, knee sleeves, singlet, that's it. So raw um, is that. Classic yeah. is wraps. Wraps would, would, would make it the classic. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. Because uh, there's so many federations, and I'm somebody that's got just kind of yeah. recently gotten gotten into that because you know as you know powerlifting in new york at least where i grew up there wasn't really a lot of access to it no out here and we have we have a powerlifting team at our school now you know like that's, that's awesome yeah something that's you know we we have fun with and that's a there's a state whole state federation for our kids to compete in you know right. instead of paying 80 bucks for a meet they pay 15 you know so it's oh, a lot easier awesome. you know it's a lot that's easier to get cool. them involved so I've been right. learning kind of through the kids mm -hmm. how that works. Cool. So going to lift. You said next June is your is your uh, national meet that you're trying to get in, mm -hmm. US, USPA yep. Nationals. Well, we'll, yep. we'll keep an eye on you. Good luck to you. Yeah. And that will be in Buffalo. So that'll be like my my coming home. <laughs> oh, wow. U USPA Nationals in Buffalo, New York, huh? I know, um, right? Yeah. Now, only our, our, our New York people will get this. Are you a, a Duff's person or an Anchor Bar person? I'm a Duff's. I'm a Duff's person. Well, folks, that's our show. Uh, thank you, Autumn, <laughs> for coming in. Yeah. I can't come. I've only been to Anchor Bar, so I'm biased. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm biased. To, I'm biased to Anchor Bar. They actually have a, a chain of Anchor Bar here in Michigan. Oh, no way. That I, uh, I was, I, I went, I lifted in the USAPL meet and five minutes down the road was an anchor bar. Wow. So. Wow. So now you're double biased because now you just like, you can keep getting anchor bar out there. So Duff's doesn't even count. Yeah. I've never even been there. Never set foot in a place. No, that's good. That's I know. One. I know it's a I do. I do miss wings from New York. There's very few things I miss about New York, but I definitely miss uh, wings and pizza. There's not really great pizza down here. And anyone from Florida who's listening, I don't even want an argument. Like that's, there's no good pizza down here at all. No, no. I, I lived in the South for about a year and a half. I was North Carolina. That's quite as far South as you. Uh, but yeah, pizza, like they think Domino's is good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or my favorite one um, down here is we have a lot of places that'll be like, 
um, pizza and sandwiches or pizza and Thai food or like the craziest things together. People will be like, they have great pizza. And I'm like, if you have great pizza, you're a pizza place. That's it. That is it. You don't sell Thai food if you're a pizza place. No. You sell pizza, you sell calzones, you, yeah. you, might, you might sell wings and other fried foods, but that's what you make. Yep. Now, our, oh, man. Uh, oh, and the other thing, do you see this? And hopefully you agree with me. I'm pretty sure you will. People that dip their chicken wings in ranch instead of blue cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That's, that's a, a thing. huge thing out here. Uh, today, as we record this, it, it is International Chicken Wing Day. Uh, you know, full transparency. Autumn mm-hmm. and I had this scheduled for seven o'clock. I asked yep. her if she could come on early <laughs> so I could get some wings tonight. Uh, I didn't quite plan my macros accordingly, so I'm not going to eat as many wings as I would like, but I'm going to have a religious wings. holiday. It's fine. <laughs> <sighs> Man, out here in Michigan, it's all ranch. Uh, and, and these kids that want to claim uh, boneless wings as actual wings. Yeah. Yeah. One of my roommates is like that. And the first time that she ordered wings and they came to the table, I didn't even hear her order them. And I was like, I thought you were getting wings. That's not a wing. That's a crunchy chicken nugget. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You hear that? You hear that, everybody listening to this? <laughs> Finally, somebody that agrees with me on this topic. I'm outnumbered out here. I got your back all the way from Michigan. Good, uh, you got good. mine from Florida <laughs> on this. All right. So we're getting ready to compete. We're going through. Um, so let's let's talk about your business. So you have okay. you have your own business and then you have an additional full time job on top of that. Or all you're working is your is your business stuff right now, and that fills your your day. How how are you uh, how are you doing professionally here? So oddly enough, COVID was one of the best things to happen to my business um, because it actually allowed me the time to develop everything and like connect with people. I was working full time for Disney, and then I dropped down to part time to become a server at Disney. Which, if anyone is thinking about coming down and ever working for Disney, the money is in serving, get waiting tables at Walt Disney World. Um, so I'm part-time there. I haven't been called back yet because of coronavirus and Disney being um, not as open. But when my gym opened, I actually went in and just kind of asked them if I could start tempering there. Um, prior to that, I was doing a lot of traveling around, um, bringing the rollers, which my rollers are up to 140 pounds. So taking them in and out of my car and bringing them places or not knowing I was going to a place that had stairs is, was horrible. <laughs> it was <just> horrible. <laughs> um, but I was doing it for networking and trying to get out to people. Um, but I brought all my tempering stuff into the gym I'm at now, which is Rival Athletics in Kissimmee, New York, or Kissimmee, New York, Kissimmee, Florida. Um, and they're amazing. Um, the gym is amazing. The staff is amazing. Um, they've done really well with the whole COVID situation and people just picked it up immediately. And onto the point where I see probably 50, 60 people a week, um, and maybe 10 to 15 of them are people that are brand new to me. Um, so the growth has been insane. Everyone seems to be really picking up on that. Um, and now I'm training a couple powerlifters out here and I train, I call myself a pain specialist um, because I do a lot of strength training involving either prior injuries um, or just like people who are, who are coming back to the weight room or haven't been to the weight room um, who have a lot of, of pain management issues. Um, Cause that's something I've had to deal with in my life. And I'm training a couple people for that now for a lot of low back injuries. So, and that's all through rival. They've been awesome. Uh, it's, it's amazing how many painful injuries and debilitating things we can solve with exercise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I tell people all the time, um, cause people will come to me and they'll be like, Oh, well, I got this. And my doctor told me to sit down and rest for four months. And I'm like, okay, your doctor told you after you pulled your back, say, you know, you got up and you pulled your back after getting off the couch to rest for four months, but a female can go into labor, have a baby, and they kick her out in a day 
and she's up and, and running around and feeding her baby and doing whatever. You can have a whole human being and be kicked out in 24 hours, but you hold your back and you have to sit down for four months. Don't tell me that's, that's a real thing. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) They make them sit down and, Oh, Hey, let me get this prescription pad here. All right. And then we get inflammatories and then we're going to mask it so that you don't know you have it and you're going to make it worse. And then you're going to be upset. (laughs) Hey man, it's, it's crazy what, what we see. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, they just there's so many easy easy little things things like body tempering and i'm gonna let you talk about that because that's something we started doing up here and we invested in rollers and then got shut down so Ugh. we have we have rollers uh but we were you know and i'll share with that with you when we start talking about it but all these little things and these little things and i found a lot of them on on youtube from people like donnie mm-hmm. thompson shout out super d uh would love to have him on the show too. He, he yeah, might actually be. I just talked to him like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Cause he actually answers, he answers the common man here. Like oh, I, I've yeah. talked to him a few times, so yeah, I might actually be able cool. to get him on. Um, but just all these little things like the, you know, body tempering, uh, band traction, lower back traction from, from a yep. rack, the reverse hyper, all, all these little things that, you know, where if they went to the doctor, I had the conversation with a kid the other day because right now we don't have all these little things at our disposal. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't, I can't I can't bring rollers out on the field and let the kids, you know, use them on each other because they're too close or I mm-hmm. would be too close administering them based on what the rules are right now in Michigan. Right. Um, so we don't have all those things. We don't have the racks to do. You know, the kids got a, 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 you know, back flare up and been doing outdoor volleyball stuff, been doing our on the field training stuff. I think she's got a little shift in the pelvis, which I'm sure you've seen a million times, much like mm-hmm. I have. I mean, you've been doing it longer than me. And hey, what do we do for that? Uh, we stretch some things out. We do some reverse hypers, some traction stuff, and usually we're okay, right? We feel mm-hmm. a little bit better. And I got nothing. And the kid's like, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go to the doctor, coach. Go see our trainers first. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the the, the, the doctor, the doctor's going to do just what you said. Oh, here, sit down for two weeks, do nothing. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy how much stuff we could do. And, uh, you know, the athletic trainers, I'm blessed to work with athletic trainers that are, are very supportive of our strength program. And they're our number one advocates, um, actually thinking about that's getting awesome. them. That's not always the case. So that's really great. Get those, uh, those West side shirts that say weak things break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give them to the athletic trainers, hang the banner up in their, uh, yeah. in their training room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, that's awesome that, you know, you're, you're working at Disney. Uh, you got rival athletics is your, is your gym that you work at. Yep. Yeah, shout out to them. Um, so you're doing all those things. Um, oddly enough, Disney World I'm supposed to come down there for my honeymoon. Oh next no! Because I got oh, wore down next year. Next year. Gotcha. Next year. So maybe we come down there. We'll we'll look we'll look you up, and uh, and, and we'll talk. Um, yeah, my gym is ten minutes away from Disney. So maybe on my my off day when we're not going to the. Um, we're not going into any of the parks. I can convince the wife to let me go train for a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, let's get into your, into your business here. And you're talking about body tempering for yep. the listener that has never heard of body tempering. Please tell them in a nutshell what it is. Okay. So Body tempering is the use of steel rollers. Um, My rollers weigh from 22 pounds all the way up to 140 pounds. Um, And I use these steel rollers to roll over soft tissue um, to try and release a little bit of tension in the muscle. So that could be in the form of knots. So fascia kind of, we're breaking up a little bit of fascia that's um, kind of stuck. Um, but I also utilize it to assist in relieving muscle tension that's causing joint pain, um, which I can get into a little bit if you want. Um, and 
body tempering is the most passive way to do this. So what I explain to people is when you're foam rolling, because people like to compare it to foam rolling, is you're still stabilizing against the foam roller. I'm still contracting. I'm still using my body to be on the roller. And I'm only using whatever weight I have, which is comparative to the person um, against something that really a foam roller, some of us who have a little bit more muscle mass know damn well, it's really, it doesn't do much for us. Um, so the rollers that I use obviously have no give and them going on top of the soft tissue, even though the muscle fires for a little bit, it eventually relaxes and we can get deeper into that tissue. So it allows it to be really, really passive and we can really, really break down tissue a little bit better, um, which is good for obviously recovery or even prep. Yeah, and that, you know, for the listeners, right, that, that passive state you're talking about, that muscle is not tense. And when, when I teach it to kids, I explain it as you're, you're taking that muscle and, and kind of rolling it out like pizza dough mm-hmm. because it's soft and pliable when it's not locked up on something. Yep. Yep. And you, you have many different size rollers. Um, now, did you get your rollers uh, from Big Hess Strength? Yes. So I have, I have the boomstick and the pain pill through Kabuki, um, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely am in love with both of those. The knurling and the finish that he puts on all of his stuff is insane. Um, so I love those two tools. And then I have, um, the smaller, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like a a shorter, um, black one with a taper. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. a 44. And then I have a, um, a 140 with no taper and a 140 with a taper. So really I'm just missing like an 88 is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it is useful, right? So you, you talked about, you know, being able to relieve joint pain and, and you really could go head to toe with these things. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe to somebody that's never seen it before, explain what do you do to help someone's hamstrings, help someone's triceps, help someone's, back with that hand. Okay. So I'll use, so hamstrings is, an, is a really easy one. Hamstrings can take a significant more amount of load um, than other places on the body, mostly because there's a lot of belly of muscle there um, that we can kind of load onto. I can't do that with a back. Like I'm not going to line up all of my rollers across the entire back that I can do with a hamstring. Um, so with a hamstring, we'll throw a foam roller under the ankle. Sometimes how I usually foam or, um, body temper is I have one of those tumbling mats that I keep just folded up. Um, and that one puts the person closer to me, which makes it a little bit easier on me. Um, and two, it allows the ankles to hang off the end. So everything I need to kind of hang off the mat does, and it puts everything in a good position. Um, so for me, we roll the 140 right onto the hamstrings. Usually I like to find where the most tension is and try to keep the 140 there. Um, We'll stop it from rolling with a fat bell. Um, Doesn't always work in my case because of my setup and how I use it. So I end up superhero standing like with it, with the roller on my shins. So I have like wonderful bruises across my shins that probably will forever be there because of my business. Um, and then I just stack all the rest of them as much as I have space left on the hamstrings. So I can load up to, I think, 240 onto the hamstrings. Um, and so for hamstrings, you're going to feel, I say, a heartbeat in your hamstrings. It's the hamstring firing against for a little bit. Um, and then it'll relax. And when we take them off, not only do you have an insane amount of flexibility, you have people who like touch their toes and they're like, wow, this is crazy. Um, but you also feel that blood rush through. And I think that's a portion that people don't talk about enough with body tempering is the fact that we're able to bring quote unquote trauma to the area where we get that blood flow and that oxygen to the muscle without having to do something like scraping where we're causing more trauma and probably more adhesion sometimes than we need to. So that's really cool. Um, But an an adverse example of that is when I work on shoulders. Um, For shoulders, there's so many different components that are pulling on a shoulder joint that I'll have to release many different muscles. Um, So I'll do a little bit of body tempering across for the pec, um, the insertion of the pec. So we'll go up and around the shoulder. Um, I do a lot of trap work. Um, and then I do a lot of up and around underneath the scap. 
And then I actually have people lay on a bench face down so that their scaps kind of open up a little bit and I can get even deeper in there. And so the combination of releasing everything around that could possibly be pulling on the shoulder actually releases the shoulder. And then we usually end with a little bit of mobility stuff. And then I talk to people about their warm-up and what they're doing so that their shoulder movement actually starts to become better so we don't have shoulder pain anymore. Those are two really different examples. <laughs> yeah. Well, because okay, I mean, but that's that's kind of what I wanted you to to get to people, uh, because sometimes when you explain it to somebody that's never heard of it before, you're going to put what on me? You're, you're going to put 300 oh, pounds yeah. of steel? <laughs> yep. I'm going to roll you out like a toothpaste, too. Don't throw up. <laughs> yeah. So but when you when you do go up into the shoulder and the, the, the less you know muscle dense areas, as you said. Right, that's where you would use something like your your pain pill, right? Your your lighter mm-hmm. piece of equipment to dig yep. it in there. So you take that pain pill and kind of turn it on its end, right? And and dig that. That's how you would release those muscles around the the shoulders. And, so I, uh, I do a couple different ones. Um, for people who have a lot more mass across the chest, we can actually lay it right across the chest, elbows up um, here. Obviously, I don't do that on females because it's highly uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But for my guys who have a lot more mass, it it does a lot um, for especially the belly of the pec. And then I'll have them lay down on their back, hand at a 90. Um, and we'll actually put the roller at a 45 right here. Um, the only thing that sucks is obviously I have to spot a roller for most of these things so that it doesn't roll around. But it kind of allows a little bit of uh, pressure to sit on that area. And I do that for maybe about three minutes. Um, and that also depends on how much mass someone has. So obviously if someone's very, very small, I don't even do that one. That one's just one I would do before I dig in. I try not to go in and dig in first because I know there's going to be knots and adhesions. I try to release the muscle through a little bit of static tempering. That way it's a little less uncomfortable when I go in. Um, But I do go in with the end of the pain pill or the boomstick after that if I have to. So compression or, or static tempering, as you mentioned before, right, to kind of push everything out and then the the rolling itself to kind of really knock out those those knots in there. Um, it, to me, it's it's great. I don't know why there isn't more research stuff out there. I, I don't I haven't read much. I, I don't know if you've seen anything where none of these places are really studying this. It's just like no. Donnie Thompson. Well, so I'm actually working with someone now. Um, We're looking to try and get a couple of case studies going for the end of this year. So one of my biggest career goals with what I'm doing with tempering is I know I can't do this full time for the rest of my life. I will burn out. It's insane to be rolling people out with 140 pounds. Say I have sessions for nine hours in a day full time. That's crazy. So I'd like to get into the educational setting. I'd like to be someone who's kind of putting that information out there because I full blown believe all of this works and I fully believe it can be applied to not only, like you said, at the athletic level, you know, with, with your high school athletes, but all the way up through what I'm using it for, um, for people in pain. So I think the application of it is just completely overlooked right now. And maybe if we did have a little bit more behind it that we could showcase as far as studies go that that people would start to utilize it. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, and if I can help you with that, with doing any sort of experiments on my end and sending you data points, I'd be glad to, uh, cause I got a bunch of willing, uh, experiments, uh, you know, willing <laughs> test subjects walking through, walking through the door. Um, so let me, let me know with that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does help. I I've used it on my athletes. I've used it on a, you know, one of my wife's friends who's come over to train here with her and, you know, and she's had, she's a knee replacement candidate and through training and body tempering her knees, you know, feel a hundred times better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To the point where she stopped coming in for probably the last four or five weeks. And now my phone's going off. Oh, I went to get in my, my truck and my knee really hurts again. You got to come back to the sanctorium (laughs) and uh, get after it. So, I mean, like I said, I think it's, I think it's great. And I I wish you the best of luck, you know, kind of expanding out on it. And if I can be of any help to you, please don't, don't hesitate to to reach out because we have been experimenting with it. Um, We've been doing it for a while before we had rollers. 
Um, we were the, we were doing that, you know, the, I called it the ghetto body tempering where you had two foam rollers and then stacked weight plates on top oh, of it. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had the rollers at college. Um, Ed started showing me all that and I'll tell you the backstory with that. Um, it was just because of my old injury that we started getting into all of this stuff. And so when I would go home, I didn't have my own rollers. So I would load a barbell and try to do it, which if you load a barbell and you roll your quads, you have I don't, I must be a masochist or something because that's God awful. Like, I don't recommend that to anybody, but I was like, I have to, like, this is, it's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> not even close, not even close to being the same. And, and it just, uh, <laughs> and we got a lot of good use out of it, you know, but it was like, you know, we're standing there and for compression, right, we're taking some of our, our pieces of two by four that we use for two board and three board press and wedging them under the plate to oh, hold them no. in position for compression. So it's like a balancing act where yeah. I'm telling kids don't walk away. But I mean, it, it's what we had and we could mass produce it Right, we could we could have, you know, six groups of it going at one time. So we'll probably still use a little bit of it. Um, you know, obviously we have rollers now, but we only, we had the funding to buy, um, three one twenties and three eighties. So were there oh, 80 or awesome. 88? So we have those now. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of, of teaching the kids how to properly load those on and load those off, mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the actual rolling piece, we would just take the extra plates off from compression and push down on the plate and the roller to kind of roll through but that helps um okay so all right so you mentioned when we were talking that that you had an injury um mm -hmm. and that's what kind of led you to uh body tempering you know through ed jaskolski and, and some of your other influences trying to help you recover or get back from this injury uh, what what happened and Kind of how did body tempering and all these and training help you uh, recover from that? So I broke my L5 um, when I was 14. So now, well, 14 going on 15. So it'll be, it'll be 10 years. <laughs> Weird. Um, it'll be a decade since I broke my back. And when I first got it done, um, when I first did it, I didn't know. I went and I got x-rays. They had they thought it was healed, whatever. I played an entire field hockey season and I would warm up and go through the whole thing and try to roll it out. Cause I was like, why am I still in pain? And then come to find out in my MRI, I cracked my L5 straight through and tore my pars off. Um, so I have spondylolisis. And so when I went to college, I wanted to be a three sport athlete and everything hurt. Um, everything was painful running, especially the jarring, um, for my low back was really bad, was really terrible. And so I was basically crying to Ed before I even knew Ed, I was crying in his office about how I wanted to be a three sport athlete. And I was in this pain and I had been to PT before and it was a terrible experience and people want me to stop playing. And I feel like, I don't know why I should like, this is something I feel like I can take care of. Um, and I happen to have the same injury that Louis Simmons does. So obviously we looked at the hyper and I've been on a hyper my whole life, but it wasn't until I kind of was around Ed and, and we developed a back rehab or a back protocol, um, is basically what we went with. Um, but it was almost the same stuff for three years. I trained on a belt squat for three years, maxing out and dynamic effort, which is so horrible. <laughs> Maxing out on a belt squat is the worst. Um, and then I didn't get back under a bar until my senior year. And the things that really helped me were we brought in tempering um, and I would temper my hips, which would my hip flexors and my QL were part of the reason that I was having so much tension in my low back. Um, so between tempering my QL and my hip flexors, which I do with a ton of my clients now, and the um, hanging upside down, which you mentioned earlier, all of that stuff together not only got me out of pain, but I've been pain free now for about five years, um, which is huge. If you've ever had any type of back pain and had that level of back pain where literally sitting for more than 10 minutes makes you uncomfortable, like that's, that's absolutely huge. Um, I could sleep, I could sit through class. And so I became really passionate about pursuing all of this kind of stuff because I'm like, 
if I could come back from an injury like that and be pain-free and a competitive powerlifter at that, then why are, why are people not doing this? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, we, I think some of us, we get it, we get into it for that reason. You know, we want to, we want to help keep people from being hurt. Yeah. We want to keep people in the game. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. So that's how you developed and started really researching and becoming a, you know, a, a kind of a pain specialist, right? Trying to work your work people back from that using, using strength methods. Right. It's uh, it's amazing what life experiences kind of draw us to, right? Like, oh yeah. I, I blew my ACL out, right? I, I mentioned it before, mm-hmm. and that that's my motivation to make sure that we train the hell out of hamstrings every single lower day. Yeah. And anytime a kid's looking for extra stuff to do, oh, go GHR, reverse hyper, sled forward sled drags. Um, prone curls, high band curls, like pushing them to those things that are going to help strengthen that posterior chain and help keep those issues from happening along our knees, our hips and low back. And that, and that's funny that you have the same injury as Louis Simmons. I do. And, uh, I do. <laughs> and we, we often refer to, we often refer to Louis Simmons uh, around here and, uh, and the reverse hyper and all those things. You know, anytime I got a kid that has some back injuries, I tell the Louis Simmons story. Um, and make it a point to show Westside versus the world to my power lifters every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Autumn. Well, I, I, I really appreciate your, your time coming on and doing this. I know you're a very busy lady and, and giving up uh, some of your afternoon, evening here to uh, sit down and, and talk with somebody that you've uh, never, never met before about some training. I, I really appreciate that. Um, before I let you go, it is custom here on the Iron Dread podcast that our guest picks their weight room song of the week. So a song that, that fires you up. And, you know, when I have a person on like you that trains, uh, it's really a weight room song of the week. Sometimes I don't always have people that are in the weight room on the show, (laughs) but for you, what's the jam that when it's, you know, max effort work and we got to get after it and we're going to break a PR or we're at the meet and getting ready to go. What, what's going to go through those headphones and get you fired up? Okay, so this one, I'm going to go away from like the disturbed Metallica slipknot of, of probably what other people have said. And I like one that's like a little more chill. Um, well, I don't know if this one's chill, but I think it's fitting. So I'm going to go jump around House of Pain. <laughs> jump around House of Pain. Oddly enough, out here, right? Big Ten country out here um wisconsin the university of wisconsin they uh after the third quarter they do the jump around they they oh no way (laughs) they crank they crank jump around in the stadium and they all start jumping and i haven't been there yet it gets the people Uh, going (laughs) oh it gets me going it gets me going that that one's on our uh, wu-tang wednesday playlist so we have we have we have that on there so Autumn, this week, our special guest, she picked Jump Around by House of Pain. And you'll find that and all our songs uh, from our guests on the Weight Room Song of the Week playlist available on Spotify. Just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread SC, Weight Room Song of the Week. You'll find it and you can listen to all of these songs, including Jump Around uh, that was picked today uh, in their entirety. At the end of the show, I'll play a small uh, snippet of the song for you all to enjoy. So Autumn, the last thing I have for you is, uh, is, is drop your social media handles. Where can our listeners follow you and keep up with what you're doing? And um, you know, where can people down there in Florida you know, find your booking information and stuff so they can get in and get body tempered? Um, so my website is being redone right now for appointment systems, um, but my website is brickhousebodyworks.com. Um, right now, even though it is going to be redone, you can go on and read any of my old blogs, um, any of obviously my new blogs and any more information about me that you want. And then where I post most of my tempering stuff, um, my videos, my reposts from clients is going to be my Instagram, which is Autumn Swavely, CSCS. 
All right. So you heard it, folks. Uh, visit BrickHouseBodyWorks.com uh, to read any of Autumn's blogs that she's put out. And uh, give her a follow on Instagram at AutumnSwavelyCSCS. So, Autumn, uh, I thank you again. I won't keep you uh, any longer. Hopefully, uh, we'll get back. We'll talk some more. Maybe we'll get, talk some more body tempering as you start to make some developments or power lifting. We'll yeah. check in with you as we go. Um, like I said, we do this these for fun. Uh, you bring a positive message from training uh, to all our listeners. So hopefully somebody listens to this. They're inspired by you. Maybe they'll follow you and uh, keep up with you or come in and see you if they're down there in Florida. So... Uh, that'll be all for this one. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks again to Autumn for stopping in and giving us her time to be on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was good talking with her and good getting to uh, know her a little bit and hearing more about uh, what she's doing down there in Florida. Hopefully you enjoyed Autumn. If you did, give her a follow on her social media handles at Autumn Swavely, CSCS on Instagram and Give us some feedback. Let us know if you uh, want to have Autumn back on the show again. If you have some questions for her or anything else you want to hear her talk about, uh, let me know and we'll set it up. We'll get her back on the show uh, sometime soon. So we're going to stop for a quick break from our sponsors, and we'll be back with everybody's favorite segment of the Iron Dread podcast. That, of course, is your weight room song of the week, presented to you by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! You know what that sound means, folks. It is time for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. Presented, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. This week's song, chosen by our special guest this week, Miss Autumn Swavely, is House of Pain. Jump around. Now, we ain't jumping around Wisconsin style here. We're jumping around Iron Dread style here. Crank it up. There you have it, House of Pains, Jump Around as your Weight Room Song of the Week this week. Remember, you can find the Weight Room Song of the Week on our Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, and you'll find this song and 
all the songs that have been selected as the Weight Room Song of the Week on that playlist in their entirety. So, folks, without any uh, further ado here, it's time for us to take this one home. Episode 36. Bring it in for a landing. But, as always, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker. Follow me on my socials. Give us some feedback on the podcast if you're enjoying it. If you want to be on, please slide into the DMs. Let me know that you want to be on the show. You got something good to bring to our audience. We'll talk and we'll have you on the show. Till next time, I'm Chris Whitaker.